Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Knowledge Panel, episode 19, and this is SEO for Image Search. Thank you very much for coming in. Another expert panel uh, today, and uh, uh, delighted to, to, to have everybody here. Uh, let's jump in and see the panel. Uh, Alicia, you know, tell us about yourself. Who are you and where do you come from? I'm uh, based in Kiev, Ukraine, and I've lived most of my lifetime here. I'm an SEO entrepreneur and uh, specialize in some technical stuff and including images. And I have a strong opinion that images can influence your rankings in a very positive or very negative way if you don't do them right. Brilliant. And thanks very much for coming on. Uh, Karen, as well, uh, I think you, you already know Alicia um, from previous lives. Is that right? No, it was Roxanne that I know from previous. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Karen, who are it's you? It's lovely to you meet know? Alicia. <laughs> okay. So, my name is Karen. I'm a wedding photographer. Uh, I've got an established wedding photography business and I specialize in doing um, SEO with other photographers and with image heavy sites. So that's my kind of, I've got a coming at this from an angle of ranking kind of sites where really my clients don't want to put words on. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, thanks so much for coming in. And Roxana, tell us about yourself and, and where do you come from? Hello, everybody. I'm Roxana Stengu. I um, head SEO and search at Alamy, a stock photography website with the most diverse collection you're ever going to find. And um, I've been lucky enough to partner up with Google on a few initiatives on image search. So um, hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you a bit about that. Excellent. And where are you at the moment? So I'm. Uh, I live near London now. I, I got right. lucky enough to get out of London in time, but um, I'm Romanian um, and uh, have been in London for eight years now. I, uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that we haven't kicked everybody out because uh, you know it's uh, it's not been the greatest year for, for a few years for, uh, for for me as a as a Brit. Not felt not felt the proudest man in the world really. But there we go. So good, excellent, right? Uh, let's uh, let's jump in and. Before we dive into um, image search and, and and all the ins and outs, uh, if people haven't got time to be here for the whole, you know, forty-five minutes, um, maybe could you just come up with one tip that you think people should uh, should take away with them, uh, and you know, one idea that you think is a, is a, is a good one. Um, Karen, why don't you go first? So I think there's a whole bunch of things that you could do, but narrowing it down to just one idea, um, I think. I know we're going to be talking about sitemaps in a bit. So I think how you deal with sitemaps is really, really important. So definitely have that on your list. But I think really the, the main takeaway other than that for me would be really kind of building context around photos and building in the context around the narrative. So having text near photos that kind of gives a bit more um, of a backstory to the alt text. So the alt text obviously should be describing the photo. But having links between that and the text can have a really kind of impactful um, difference to how a page performs in search and okay. also to photos getting um, shown in the search results as well. Okay, I might I might come back and dig into that a little bit later if we've got okay, time, but I, I know to. we've got a lot to pack in. So. Uh, yeah. Roxana, any, any, uh, any one takeaway for people? I know it's early. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with a technical SEO tip. So whenever using images on your website, if you're worried about speed in any way, code your images in a responsive way. So that's by using the picture element where you can provide different image sizes based on your user's devices. So you don't have to load this big uh, quality image uh, for every single user, but then you can still serve that to search engines uh, because they will love it. The, the bigger the image, the better it would be. 
Brilliant. Uh, that's that's a really useful tip, actually. Although it means I've now got to put everything into lots and lots of different sizes. But uh, you know, that's my that's that's the life of a of a lazy guy. Um, uh, Alicia, what's your tip? Uh, my tip is treat your image as if it was text. So don't think it is something distracted or just an illustration. Make sure it is relevant. Make sure you translate it into text and embed it into your text content correctly. And this way you can achieve really good results. Like it's kind of in short. That's, that's brilliant as well. I might dig into that pretty quickly as well. So uh, just if uh, if anybody is watching live or, or listening live on Facebook or on YouTube, if you want to join in, uh, ask questions, um, they, they should pop up on the screen. Um, fortunately, that's, you know, David can, can, can send them out there and we'll try and integrate them into the show. Um, and uh, if you uh, aren't watching live and you'd like to be uh, live next time round. Uh, if you go to uh, InLinks and, and look up the the knowledge panel uh, on the InLinks blog, um, you'll find the uh, the link to a page that will let you uh, get notified when the next uh, live shows are on. Uh, and also um, with that, InLinks as well are the sponsors. So thanks very much for uh, InLinks for sponsoring the whole show. Um, and that's uh, that's enough of InLinks for now. And uh, we'll just dive into. Uh, to, to, to really my one question, which I guess you guys have already given me three good good um, benefits really, but I, I always thought of of images as um, yes, I know that they can speed up. You know, if you don't put them up right, they they're slow. Um, and uh, but I you know I, I was kind of sitting there thinking right, okay, they've got to be they've got to be reasonably fast. Um, and uh, if I've got some outtakes, that covers the the, the text problem, um, and that's it. You know, what's the benefits of having um, optimized spending time optimizing the uh, the images? How how do you start getting? How does that start translating into money? Uh, I don't know who wants to take that one first. Karen, the best. <laughs> well, really, the benefit is that the search results can be visual. So if you've got photos that rank for a range of terms that maybe match some match search intent, they maybe match different points in that buyer journey, then the search results are more likely to include images. And I don't know if you think back to some recent searches you've done, um, you'll see that there's maybe videos that sometimes show, there's photos that sometimes show. So having your photos showing those results is a really nice kind of visual way of a potential client being able to get a visual kind of reinforcement that you're going to be the right fit for them because you know it depends on what they're looking for but does that not uh mean that the image then has to you you talked about the, the narrative for example so doesn't mm -hmm. that image then have to have some kind of call to action in it to to get the user into your ecosystem because one of the problems with images is that you know somebody looks at the image they've got whatever they needed unless they wanted to steal the image. We can talk about copyright a little later. Um, uh, but how how do we then translate that into, into the user journey? How do we get the user into the user journal journey? Well, ideally, when they look at the image and maybe see something they like, certainly for photography services, if they're looking for a service, it's going to be something they connect with. I think the, the situation would maybe, maybe be different, whether it's a product um, and then there's some buyer intent um, or like a, maybe you're looking for a stock image. So if I was looking for a stock image for something, but then when I clicked on the image, I seen that it linked to the site where I could buy more stock images, then that's a great kind of visual representation that this site has what I need and I'm not going to have to trawl through loads of searches when I'm there, for example. But with photography services you know seeing something visual 
and then clicking on it, ideally that photo should redirect or kind of link to the page that's going to then either mm-hmm. answer their questions. So that's why the optimization is so important and the, the narrative around it is so important because if they get on there and the context is wrong and it's not a fit for what they've searched for, you you know, they're going to leave. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, Alicia, you had um, you were going through before we uh, we started on uh, the show. I saw saw you put a GIF up um, of uh, of uh, 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 and you started messing around with optimizing uh, an image of me. Um, <laughs> probably because I was very unoptimized. Um, uh, what were you trying to show there? I was trying to see why you that particular image of yours was ranking, it was like showing up in your knowledge panel. So when I search for Dixon Jones and you have lots of images and this one is not that um, like, Mm -hmm. not the best quality and it's not the best size and it's uh, not very present on your website and not very present everywhere, but somehow it is in your knowledge panel. So I decided to understand why it is there and uh, what happened. And it appeared that you are using it uh, in HTML, not in schema. I've seen the question about schema markup, but you're using it in HTML of your website as a logo. And... That's okay. That's interesting because I have got a link to an image in the schema, but it may not be the same one. I can't remember. Uh, it's not the same um, one, yeah. <laughs> and uh, okay. uh, that, that's that's that case when Google ignores schema and picks up HTML content. HTML content generally has much more influence compared to metadata, and they picked that one. So I started to playing around with that to see how, because uh, Google has introduced a scheme, uh, lens, Google Lens into search. Now you cannot use reverse image search as you could before. You are searching with Lens now. And um, they do that because they want to show uh, matches, so matching images so that you can uh, look for your product and uh, they are introducing this mom model into search when you are combining uh, image results, video results with text and you are mm, like um, easier to uh, find something. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, Google Lens. Sorry, Google Lens is yeah. So I hadn't really played with Google Lens, yeah. Uh, and uh, but you showed it, and it looked like my image had very few lookalikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. With Google Lens, it's very hard to see. Uh, it's much easier to do with Google Vision API. But uh, what is not very like comfortable is that Google Vision API returns different entities compared to uh, Google Reverse Search. So. I tried to take your image and put it on my website 13 hours ago and associate it with some other entity and maybe a bit like use yourself. So uh, if you look into the tweet um, of mine with GIF of yours, there was yeah. now an, uh, this entity, let me look. Um, it had had different entity than now. And I've added lifetime achievement award to your entity. And now you have this entity in image reverse search, if you look. And <laughs> that's so, so what we'll do, guys, is uh, we'll put a link to uh, either a screenshot or the GIF um, in the uh, in the in the show on uh, at the at the uh, inlinks.net slash p slash knowledge panel, I think it is. Um, and uh, and going from there. Um, <laughs> yeah, and now I've got a new a new entity. <laughs> 
<laughs> a, a new uh, new description on the uh, on the on the image. So it's amazing what you can do, and it's amazing what you can do even when you're not directly connected to the image as well. So uh, yes, so I can do that from any website actually with yeah. the same image. Just upscale it a bit, make it a better quality, and optimize it and embed it into the text. So don't use it like something. Mm, yeah. staying beside the text use it inside your text embed it correctly make it part of your content so roxana i've i've not i've not let you in yet <laughs> if there were if there are whole things things you wanted to come in with um then feel free you know if, if you had a, a tangible benefit for image search for example yeah, uh, Google did a, a big survey uh, a while back, and I think it was about three years now, uh, and they discovered that 50% of online shoppers uh, have used images in their purchasing journey, and that was 2019. Imagine uh, what percentage that is nowadays, especially with people using mobile more and more, and it, it just makes it easier to use things like lens and reverse image search and things like that. So. Yeah. You know, cool. if if your users are using images to kind of uh, decide on the products they want to buy, then your products better show up in image search. So, can I then, while I'm well, I, uh, with you, Roxana, you know, come back to you. You talked about responsive as as your one tip, right? So, uh, you know, what that potentially does mean is that uh, you're going to need to create lots of different versions of your your image in different sizes and stuff. Um, something I use for that is uh, is a online tool called snapper s-n-a-p-p-a i don't know if, if you've got any easy tips for um you know changing changing image sizes and and conveniently putting into the most obvious uh sizes for for most screens um have you got any tools that you like there's a, there's definitely a lot of different uh, tools that can be used for doing that. Um, one that I wanted to mention is um, Cloudflare, for instance, because a lot of people use Cloudflare as their CDN. They also provide this tool that you can use to create all the image, image sizes you need and also image formats um, and just create that on the fly. You don't even have to pay for extra storage. Um, or anything. So you pretty much pay for one image and then you create all the sizes and all the different formats through the CDN without paying anything extra, without needing um, any extra storage or anything else. So then you just use that on your website. So is there a downside to, uh, to, to using a CDN though? Because then all the images are hosted on the CDN uh, and if you know, if to, 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 to Karen's point earlier on, kind of, kind of if you've got links on the on, on there or people are linking through to the image, they then pick up things that are not on your website. And if I want to get to my website, is that is that a double edged sword? Is what I'm saying. Is a CDN hosting the images on a CDN uh, giving you potential you know links to Cloudflare instead of your website, or do you think that's a overstated problem? Uh, to, to put this in a bit of context that maybe is more familiar to people, think of images in the same way you do with videos. You don't worry if your video is hosted elsewhere and you just embed it on your page. And it's the same with images because it's not the image that actually ranks, it's the page that embeds that image. So it doesn't matter if you host the image on Cloudflare, it's on a separate domain than yours. As long as you use that image on your own website and you put your own text around it so you can rank for that image. Awesome. 
That's a really useful and, tip, actually. Yeah, go on. Throw and you can also use metadata in your image. So if someone copies that or if someone uses uh, for themselves, Google knows who the source is because it's in the metadata of your image. You put creator, you put source, you put copyright there, and thus you are protected against the uh, like image being not attributed to you, actually. So important. Um, I think, you know, following on from what Alicia said there, the fact that Google is beta testing showing the licensing of images. So if your image is copyrighted um, or you want to link to maybe your uh, usage page or what your terms and conditions are for any usage, you can do all that in the metadata. Um, so that's something that can be done in bulk as well. So it can be really efficient to do, to just apply to all of your images before they're added to your website. So it's not something that should even be kind of a lot of admin it can be a really kind of fast and efficient thing to do once it's set up and i think it's it's so important so I totally totally agree with that so that, a that, image of you, that image of yours dixon which we were talking about earlier which yep. i've taken i've already copyrighted it with myself so it now belongs to me <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens i'm not saying that ukraine has a different way of doing things but you know <laughs> you can check it out right now <laughs> I, like i cannot share screen but it's there it, so here's here's the thing i mean if we're going to copyright well, I was going to ask, ask how do you go about copywriting? The newbie question is, how do you go about copywriting? And then um, and then I guess I'll go back to Alicia and say, so why does Google, you know, uh, is Google going to pay attention to the fact that you've just copyrighted an image of mine? But Karen, how do you go about copywriting an image? Do you watermark it? I mean, what do you do? Well, there's, there's different approaches. I think if you want to let Google know that it's copyrighted, then not putting your kind of copyright logo on the photo because Google's not really going to see that. It might, but um, it would be in the metadata. So each photo has like a kind of um, EXIF data attached to it. And that's something that Google can read. So having the copyright information in there means that Google will know that. And at the moment, it's still in beta testing, but um, it can show the licensing. So having all that information filled out means that Google is able to kind of communicate that to whoever's looking at it. Personally, I tend to put my logo on the photos as well. But that that, that um, okay that uh, that bulk um, copywriting is that part of Google's beta or is that a tool? No, that um, there's a variety of different tools out there because I mainly work with photographers and they all typically have Adobe anyway. Right. Then I would usually use Adobe Lightroom for the kind of bulk um, editing of metadata and adding copyright and geotagging. We've not got to geotagging yet, but that's a, a, a kind of potentially very very useful thing as well um so that's the software i would use i have done work with other agencies who have a different software um that they've used for that process but it's it's not my kind of day-to-day so okay i'm very aware that i'm leaving roxana out of this so sorry about that i just wanted to go back to alicia and say well no let, uh, roxana let well, me ask I can, you i can actually yeah, help asking, bring yeah. in some more information here so yeah. for for anybody who doesn't know what karen is talking about just search for iptc metadata that's um the information that gets associated with your image it's embedded in your image and it carries all these different fields um anywhere your image goes and google has started reading these fields or some of them and adding that information into the search results so if you go on image search now you you pick an image you click on it you get that side panel that gives you extra details if you look under that image you can find more information such as 
um, who the creator of the images, who the copywriter holder is. But you can also find um, a new tag, just like a just like you're used to the product tag. But it looks like a small image in a corner, and that's a licensable image tag. So it tells you that image can be licensed. So when you click to see the details of the image, it tells you um, who the licensor is. So um, uh, who has the licensing rights, and it links to a page where you can read about that. But it also tells you where you can go and buy it, which is not necessarily the same website all the time. Um, and this information can come from IPTC, but it can also come through structured data. So there are fields that Google has adopted um, in, in partnership with schema.org that Google now recognizes to allow these um, extra details under the image to be populated for certain types of images. I'm so glad Roxana mentioned that because one of the questions I'm often asked by people who maybe they've got a website that's full of photos and they've already, you know, maybe got 100 blog posts and there are loads of photos on there. What they don't want to do is re-upload all those photos with new, fresh, updated metadata on them. And the approach I would take was what Roxana mentioned then, um, which would be using the schema instead. So if you've kind of already in a situation where you're like listening to this and thinking, okay, I've got a lot of work to redo, don't panic. Um, adding the schema is just an alternative way of getting that information in there. But one one tip, um, if, if I upload my photo on different websites um, and I want my copyright information to be the same, then I would use IPTC because mm -hmm. anybody downloads that image, uses it elsewhere. When that image ranks on their website, it will still show my licensing information. But if it's only for my own website, I would use structured data because it's easier to implement than having to go to all these images and update their IPTC um, metadata. So, uh, Alicia, uh, you're, when you're when you're taking something and then putting it as your own copyright, I mean, there's two questions there with that. Um, obviously, one is. Um, I assume you're not recommend that everybody does that as a as a general rule. I don't rule, do that uh, either. <laughs> oh, you can't do it's that either. It's just so, for for a test. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 um, so, why does you know Google allow that, or is it because you've changed the image a little bit, so therefore it becomes a different image, and then Google doesn't know that it's the same image? Um, what exactly did you do to make Google think that 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 image had um, you uh, as the I originator? Actually I actually made it a, just a better quality that the one on your website. I upscaled yeah. it a bit and made it a better size because the one you use, like Google recommends using uh, special uh, special sizes in their documentation and yours is rather small. It is mm -hmm. not uh, in line with the Google recommendations. So I upscaled it just a bit, still not too much, so that I would not beat you <laughs> too hard. <laughs> oh, no, I don't mind, Alicia. It doesn't matter. So I'll uh, I'll just report you to Google afterwards. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, uh, so Google liked that, and I yeah. mentioned you, and I embedded the image correctly. So that's not, I just put it somewhere in the space, and it started like ranking and uh, showing that information. I used lots of stuff around that image. I used text, I used entities, I used metadata, I used structured data and everything for that. So it's I, not I think that's a perfect example because um, I work in stock photography and you see SEOs always say, don't use stock photos because you're not going to rank well. That's a perfect example where you can use the same photo on 20 different sites. It really differs in how you use it. 
Because if your context that you put around that photo is more relevant, you're going to do better than 10 websites before you that have used that photo. It, it's not about the photo itself. It's about how you use that image um, and what context you're using it in, how you're optimizing it, if it's better quality than somebody else's, if it's you know a, a size that Google prefers in Google Discover, for instance, versus um, any other surfaces. It doesn't matter if it's the same one photo, if you do it better than somebody else. Because Google likes when it's interactive content and images, but like somewhat interactive. So, and if it's relevant, you can easily rank a web page with that photo and it doesn't matter if it's unique or not. Totally agree. Go on, Karen. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's such a good point because there is this... Um, kind of concern about stock photos um from you know some of the the kind of agencies i work with and it's it's just not true at all it's all about the context and the the actual page and the relevance and all these types of things so to anyone listening please don't be put off from using stock photos because it's just as roxana says getting using them properly really I guess that's just like using using words in the English language. Just because somebody else used a word doesn't stop you from using the word in uh, in your text as well. You know, it's just which words you put in which order, give make it turn it into a story. Really, um, I mean, Alicia's tip was use images as if they're text. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and what you did, Alicia, I think, is you changed the you 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 created an associative entity of lifetime achievement on that on that image, right? Right. Yeah. In text, so, I didn't embed it into metadata structured. Ah, I, I did. I could embed it into structured data. I don't remember because I've done images for all of you, Roxana, Karen, but all in different ways. And yours yeah, was the best. Myself now. <clears throat> did, did I get a lifetime <laughs> achievement award as well? I'd like. No, no. Yeah, I well, just I, I made I it in. That. <laughs> I, I made it in three different ways to see what I can get in twenty-four hours. But I actually had thirteen or ten, so it didn't um, get everything uh, around. So not not so much time passed, and it is like very hard to index everything quickly in Google. But I managed to. Anyways, uh, yours one was the easiest because you had that poor quality of uh, of your image on your own sure. website so for sure <laughs> <laughs> so <I'm> it was <laughs> that was that was the like no brainer so, I, I can't believe i haven't googled myself on image search before um you, you'd think i would do that like a first thing in the morning um i just realized my name is associated with technical seo as one of yes. the entities i'm happy i am very happy thank you google <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, I Karen, doing it now. <laughs> Karen is wedding photographer like Google recognizes Karen in all the ways around that and Everywhere. all of this is coming from um, the text that embeds these images because I never saved an image in my life with my name and technical SEO next to it in any way so it wouldn't come from the file name it wouldn't come from the alt text or anything it's just the, the context that Google is finding these images is relevant for that so basically, yeah. Google is reading the words above and below the image or around the image in the actual text and, and associating yes. that with the, uh, yes. the context of that image. So, so it's it's still Sorry. about you know the the relationship between an image and and text uh, on the page, uh, and that's really where you're saying the narrative needs to connect properly. Is that right? Also, the title and the intent of that can can yeah. really help make a difference as well. So it's like everything mm. really. So I noticed because I noticed in uh, it's for video search, but the Yoast plugin, for example, um, on video search, it, it puts in the same description as the page 
page description. So do you think that's a, that? Do you think that's? I mean, it's obviously convenient to do, but uh, do you think that's a, a sensible thing? Would you, you know, are you? Would you assume that uh, Google is going to take the description of the page and associate that with the meaning in the image? Is that a logical thought process? I guess, like everything in SEO, it depends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying that. If the page description is already a summary of the video, then I can see how it can be used as a description for the video. But um, I guess it really depends where this text is being taken from and if it's relevant. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, if, so, so sorry, probably, be, probably using a caption underneath the image is, is probably a, a better way to do it, really. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you should do it not just for uh, search engines. You should just do it for accessibility reasons. You should do it for your users. Um, it, it's just all around good practice to put a caption to your images. So ever since I was, uh, you know, knee high to a grasshopper doing SEO, which is a long time ago for me now, uh, you know, everybody said, oh, you've got to put alt text on every single image. What do you think is better, alt text or a caption? Anyone? Both. Both. They've got different, yeah, totally good both. Uh, why? Alt text is more about describing the image and kind of giving it context, assuming that you couldn't see the image. Whereas I think the caption should be more written for someone who's, who's viewing the photo and able to view the photo. So although there's maybe a bit of a crossover, there is a difference. Okay. No? Um, it, that, yeah, that's my I, take on that anyway. I'll try to give an example. If you have a technical document and you have some graph describing something, the alt text would be very descriptive of that graph. It would be like bar chart showing this and this and that. But then the the caption for that would not need to be that descriptive uh, in that sense. So it could just be uh, results of experiment two that's referenced somewhere in, in the text. Mm. Okay. Because otherwise you end up with an overlap with the text that's maybe building the narrative around the photo. So there is a delicate balance, I think, between those three different levels and how they fit together. Ultimately, I think user experience has to be the priority because that's what Google's prioritizing anyway. So think if you're writing captions and you're thinking, okay, this is too similar to what's on the page, then your caption needs to be different. Yeah, but, and obviously the user experience depends on whether you're blind or not as well, because alt text suddenly becomes much more important. Sorry, Alicia, you wanted to jump in there. I just want to say that if you take away alternative text, you might be not able to rank the image at all. Whereas if you don't use captions, like it doesn't matter that much. So that alt is ultimately very, very important. Just many people don't do it right. For example, it should be unique. Your alternative text should be unique for uh, the whole page where it is in bad and it should be like keywords or entities should be used when you are describing an image and it should be super relevant and it should be part of the text. So when you embed the image into your text, it is part of the sentence. Continue your sentence where you put it and you'll see the effect and benefit of that. There's a lot of tips coming out here and some of them are really useful. I, I'm going to have to watch back my own podcast, I think, today uh, and, uh, and and pick some of these up because there's there's a lot of stuff I need to do with images. Uh, and all I need to do is get somebody else to do it for me. Um, so uh, I might be asking one of you to to uh, hire one of you soon after this. Uh, let's talk about just quickly about file types um, in, in images. Uh Back in the day, it was you know GIF and GIF and JPEG and then PNG. Um, but last time I was on and talked about images uh, was with the group. We're talking about images. 
uh, they they were talking about other formats. What what are your what are your favourite formats for for images? I think for image heavy sites, I always recommend showing in WebP as an option because it can make a, a little bit of a difference with the speed. Then it's not supported by all browsers. Shonen, could you say that again? Sorry. Um, so I'd recommend WebP. WebP. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, as a as an option because it's not supported by all browsers consistently at the moment. Um, but having that as a as an option on there is you know, going to help from a performance point of view. Okay. Okay. Well, everyone agree with that. If you had the preference, there's um there's new formats coming out. Like um, there's one called um, AVIF. A V I F. Um, I I haven't had a chance to play around with it, so I can't tell you how good it is. But um, it's supposed to be a bit better than a WebP, and WebP was already supposed to be better than JPEG. So we're we're looking at massive reductions here in size, while keeping quality, which is every person's dream when we work with images. Um, as, as Karen said, WebP is not um, yet compatible with every single browser. I think um, um, it's been adopted by like 95% of the web traffic, but that depends on how that translates to your website. So if you're still getting users that come through Opera, let's say, um, heavily for some reason, then maybe it's not for you. But um, it could be that on your website you get 99% compatibility and you don't care. You can use WebP exclusively without a fallback to JPEG. And then with the with this new format, AVF, um, uh, last time I checked, it was only uh, compatible to 70% of um, web traffic. So that that's quite low considering some websites might go down to 30 40% that. Okay. So maybe maybe not yet. Uh, that's why I haven't invested any time in, in testing it and playing around with it yet. But um, definitely something that I have on my list for this year. And presumably, even if it, if it, even if it is you know compatible on 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 the, on Chrome's and and Safari's and you know the the obvious ones of Firefox's, uh, it's only after a certain version of of Firefox and Chrome. So yeah. some people will be using older versions of those. So there is a there is always a lag, even if the major search engines suddenly jump on. Yeah, yeah. There's um there's this website called Can I Use. Um, I think .org or .com, one of the two. Uh, and you can connect your Google Analytics and it will check based on browsers used by your users. It will tell you what percentage of your traffic would benefit from any kind of browser feature. Um, and it will also check compatibility with WebPA, AVF, and, and other stuff like that. Okay. Including okay. if you can do responsive images or not. And also, like Roxana mentioned, you can always do a fallback. And I've also met some instances when WebP was actually heavier and a bit worse than JPG. So for some websites, maybe there's really no problem about using JPG uh, unless they optimize it in a certain way. Amazing. Let's go back to uh, we've, we're, we're already nearly at the end of <laughs> we're already we're crashing through this. Uh, an amazing amount of tips and things coming on uh, here. Um, we let's go back to to, to, to sitemaps, if I may, uh, image sitemaps. Um, how important are they? Are they always important? What do you do differently, Karen, between a you know a, a, an image-heavy website and a, uh, and a and a and a site where you've you know got very few pages, but the images are really important? For example, with image-heavy websites, it's actually really important that you don't index the sitemap and that those sitemaps are not included. Because the thing is, Google will find the photos on the posts and pages that those. Um, photos are embedded in, as long as they're embedded properly, as Alyssa says, um, they will find them there. If you supply Google with, I mean, I'm thinking the average 
photographer, established photographer out there is going to have thousands of photos. So you take five, 10,000 photos. Each of those photos has its own page. The quickest thing you're going to end up with is not good index, good rankings. It's going to be a panda penalty. So having a whole load of pages without any context or text or words around them, it's going to cause a problem pretty quickly. And I, I come across this all the time and people saying, nobody's finding me online. I'm like, well, Google can't find any information. Um, so I think if your site is really small and maybe you don't have that many photos, then there, you know you could take the approach of actually optimizing those pages. But even still, you know, there's very few situations I see where, um, you know, you wouldn't just be better, no index in the whole lot, and having great kind of context around the photos to explain you know, what they're about and why they're there. Okay, so you're not a fan of image sitemaps is what I, no, what no, I just said. wait, no? that's what I thought as well. And I was here like, wait, what? Because I have like 40,000 sitemaps for my whole website. I'm not giving them up. Um, I, I see what you're saying. You're saying if you have 10,000 pages where you just have a picture and that's about it, don't index those because that's just going to bring a, a, a big chunk of low quality pages because mm -hmm. there's nothing else but the image. So don't just put those in image sitemaps. Exactly. But if you have a page with proper context and an image, of course, put that in your image sitemap. Absolutely. Oh, right. Okay. So you're putting the, your, the, the, proper, the proper pages that you want people to look at into the image sitemaps, not just the image URLs themselves. <laughs> Because right. I think the problem is when you have a photography website, you you upload all your images on the site and you put them in carousels and things, but it, it, most CMSs will create a page where you just have one image. So yeah. for each image yeah. you upload, you have an empty page with one image. Yeah, which and is not where... In sitemaps automatically, and you don't want that. Exactly, exactly. So this is the thing. It depends on, the I suppose, the CMS you're using and the, the website itself, but... Absolutely, you don't want that because if that is indexed, what happens is when somebody clicks on that image, they just see that image. You know, there's no menu, there's no context, and it's just a dead end. It might yeah, be a you're asking Dixon a call to action on the image. There's nothing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. from that point of view, certainly, I th and I think if in different websites, there's different situations in terms of what can be indexed, as Roxana said. So I think it's very much comes down to the CMS you're using and almost the, the it's one of those it depends again <laughs> because it, you know it, it does depend on how the website's been set up and how those images are so it'd be great to see how that hear the how that works for you Roxana with with the area that you specialize in well, we, we create the page dynamically, so every image gets all this plethora of metadata that's associated with it, so we, we don't really create empty pages, that's for sure. But um, in terms of um, having a massive website with a lot of pages and those pages having images and wanting to do um, image sitemaps as well to kind of help image search a bit more, I, I do recommend it. Um, I'd say uh, even though Google tells you do the 50,000 um, URL limit, don't. It's too much. Um, very large sitemaps don't get crawled completely. They get problems. Um, if Google finds too many issues in the sitemap in terms of maybe deleted pages or redirects, it, will, it might give up before it even goes to the end of it. So um, I'd recommend, and if you've seen um, Oliver H.G. Manson's latest post, he goes with 10,000 per sitemap, and that seems to be a, a, a decent uh, number instead of going to 50,000. So I'd recommend smaller sitemaps in that case. Not just images, everything, sitemap. <laughs> yeah. 
and also some people are forced. So there are some image optimizers that are using JavaScript to uh, like um, for uploading images onto the website. So uh, actually, Google doesn't see them when they first uh, crawl it. And uh, one of the ways to if you cannot refrain from using JavaScript for loading your images, you can give them in in a sitemap so Google knows they are there. Okay. Which, again, is something that's really relevant for photography websites. I know we've got lots of listeners for lots of different websites, but um, I think especially if the, the text is kind of like um, JavaScript-heavy image galleries are just really not ideal. Find them maybe portfolio pages that might be a secondary page that's not necessarily going to rank, but I tend to recommend sticking to kind of HTML-based yeah, but sometimes just... sometimes you just cannot do anything with that, so you <laughs> have to walk around. <laughs> so I've got a lot of users uh, or a lot of customers and a lot of uh, listeners that, that that use WordPress because, you know, who doesn't, you know. Um, have you got a favorite um, uh, tool for making the images work on WordPress or would you these days go to, go to Cloudflare and do everything through Cloudflare? It's kind of my last question, really. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I, I don't work with WordPress as much anymore, but back in the day, um, I, I'm not a fan of installing all these plugins that do all these things for you because they do slow down the whole setup. So I, I would try to optimize images before I even upload them to WordPress. So totally any, any external service, if possible. Totally agree. I think that's how I was thinking about that then. You know, really, the, the more you can do, especially with geotagging, because you can... Um, there's tools to kind of um, do things like that afterwards, but really getting all the information on beforehand, um, which I know we've not mentioned geotagging much yet, but that is a, mm. another kind of really good quick win for kind of local area-based businesses that are offering services in different areas. Adding a geotag. Well, well, let's fit it in then. So, so just because, um, because yeah, it is a big one for certain types of businesses. Mm. So, you know, where does where does geotagging you know turn into pounds and pence for for, for where owners? I think shown relevance. So if your business is in a certain area or has provided work or services in a certain area, um, adding geotag uh, coordinates that match with either the area you're talking about on the page. So for example, at a wedding venue, you know, if you've got photos from a certain, um, from a wedding and maybe part of it's at one venue, part of it's at another venue, then it's going to help having the right photos shown in the search results if you've got the kind of geotag coordinates matching up with different locations in there. What an amazing session. Uh, there's so much stuff in there. Um, I'm, um, I'm blown away. I think I might have to transcribe the whole of this text as well to uh, uh, to put onto the blog post when we uh, put the whole thing up because there's so many different tips in there that I, that we can use. Um Thank you very much, uh, very much, everyone. Uh, before uh, before we um, ask you to say, you know, how do people find you and uh, and, uh, and and find out more about you guys, uh, David? Um, maybe you can just jump in and uh, uh, say what's happening next. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, um, just echo your um, thoughts there, Dixon. Amazing session uh, session today. So many tips that were shared as part of today's session. Um, thank you, all the the panelists. We were talking a little bit about user experience as part of today's session. The next session will be on Monday, the twenty first of February, three p.m. 4pm GMT uh, and um, that'll be episode 20 of the knowledge panel and we're actually be focusing in on user experience there so how does your experience user experience impact SEO um, already we've got 
Helen Benavides from GifGaf, booked for that one. And we'll have a couple of more panel panelists as well. Just sign, sign up at theknowledgepanelshow.com to be alerted when we go live for that one. Uh, guys, again, thank you ever so much. You know, if people want to get hold of you, um, you know, if you want to sell your wares or whatever, please, you know, here's your, here's your opportunity. <laughs> How do they get hold of you? Alicia, bear in mind they can't see the screen. So uh, so don't, don't say if you're going to say something, you know, that they've got a spell. Uh, instead of like uh, talking about myself, I'd like to add about WordPress. When you are choosing sure. this plugin about images to optimize them, most of the plugins, they require fine tuning. So settings and uh, many of them do make your images invisible to Google because they are starting to upload with JavaScript or anything like that. So be very careful when you are choosing one of those and be careful to look into settings and make them good for you. Um, because I've seen lots of people suffering actually from utilizing this or that plugin ineffectively. So just be sure that you don't uh, break things up when you're using anything for your optimization. Don't rely on the plugins too much. Better hire a good developer, even if it's WordPress. So it's which leads you into how do they find you? <laughs> okay, in uh, you can find me in Twitter, in Facebook, in Google. Just Alisa Karopka. And, Anything. So, so for those who can't see this, it's Alicia is spelled O L E S I A, and Karobka is spelled K O R O B K A. That's my point. <laughs> Roxana, how do they find you? I'm uh, on Women in Tech SEO on Slack, so reach out if you're part of the community. Say hi. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Uh, just uh, look for my name: R O X A N A S T I N G U. Brilliant. And Karen, how do people find you? So I'm over at Photo SEO Lab, which is just photoseolab.com. Um, and I'm also on Twitter, that, and I'm in the um, Women in Tech SEO community as well. So feel free to get in touch uh, over in Slack if you're part of that community. Excellent. Thank you very much, guys, for coming on. If anybody hasn't tried InLinks, you know, that was the ad for it. And uh, that's all we got for, for, for this show. Uh, please come along to the, to the next shows. And uh, again, Alicia, Roxana, Karen, thank you for coming on to the Knowledge Panel. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Bye-bye.